Our program this morning in Brandpunt is all about the South African Council for Churches' appeal for calm in the midst of violence and looting and chaos in South Africa. Now, the South African Council of Churches is a ecumenical association of affiliate Christian churches and blocks of churches such as the Evangelical Alliance, the Council of African Independent Churches, and the International Federation of Christian Churches, with a mandate to lead common Christian action that works for moral witness in South Africa. This past week, the office of Bishop Malusi Mpulwana, the General Secretary for the South African Council of Churches, released a media statement appealing for calm in the midst of violence in South Africa, saying the destruction we are witnessing will have far-reaching and long-lasting impact. It is a state of civil anarchy and mayhem that cannot and should not be tolerated. Therefore, we appeal for a moment to stop. The SACC urgently appeals for an end to the violent protest, spilling into criminal acts of wanton vandalism and looting that should not be sustained in a constitutional democracy, a nation whose legal and constitutional institutions are challenged through violence, will take decades of deep suffering, they say, if ever to recover, according to the media release by the SACC. It was released on the 12th of July, 2021. There are some genuinely who believe that former President Jacob Zuma was denied justice. Others explain that he was given enough space to express himself in the judicial system, which he rejected regardless of what anyone believes and whether the public protests result from our limited understanding of the complicated legal processes or not, it is beside the point. The SACC says the reality is that the protests arising from this have opened the space for large-scale criminality that is fed by poverty, a nothing-to-lose mindset, and a deep-seated anger in the absence of hope. In this, we now have wanton destruction and even the possible involvement of organized crime whose purpose will be to permanently undermine the country's institutions. What do we see? Well, the SACC urgently appeals for an end to the violent protest spilling into criminal acts of wanton vandalism and looting that should not be sustained in a constitutional democracy. They further say a nation whose legal institutions are challenged through violence will take decades of deep suffering, if ever, to recover. All this happens in the thick of a third wave of COVID-19 that is bound to take its toll on the environment. This country has lost close to 65,000 lives to the pandemic. There are people's family members, parents, relatives, daughters and sons affecting many highly regarded leaders in other sections, political leaders, traditional leaders, cultural, religious, business, and other social luminaries of our society. This has left many orphaned children where all adults have been wiped out. We shudder to think, says the SACC, of the toll of death that might result from the current unprotected hordes of people where the wrath of COVID-19 can kill both the economy and large numbers of people, leaving untold misery in many families. After the burning anger has subsided, 
People will be desperately seeking the supplies that they need for their daily living, and these will not be accessible. The people employed in the commercial centers will be without jobs for some time, during which they will not be able to support their families, and the economy in junk status will barely be able to crawl back to its feet. Prices of all commodities and supplies are bound to go up and bite further into the food security of poor people and South Africans in general. The culture of violence is embedded in South Africa and has almost been normalized. We are reaping the fruits of decades of language of violence, says the SACC. Even on the corona pandemic, we no longer have a common voice of the political parties in our parliament. What began as a regular consultation for a measurement of agreement on some basis that has not been sustained and COVID-19 management is now a matter of the opinion of the largest political voice. Well, we here at Brunpunt spoke to some of the influencers and role players to find out what needs to be done to change things and turn things around in South Africa. Don't stray or go away. We'll be back with our respondents right after this. Well, as promised, we've got our respondents online. I have the privilege of speaking to Reverend Hermie Damans. Reverend Hermie, welcome to Brunpunt. Your involvement with the SACC, please, the South African Council of Churches. Good morning, Raynant, and thank you so much for the opportunity once again. I am an executive member of the Evangelical Alliance of South Africa, which is a partner of the Council of Churches at this point in time. I've also previously served as the representative of our denomination, the International Federation of Christian Churches, so IFCC, with the Council, uh, as, as you've noted, that they are also members of the Council of Churches, and, and that has been my involvement with them uh, over the last decade or so. No doubt you have seen the media release, uh, the media statement released by the Bishop Malutin Pulwana, the, the General Secretary of the SACC. He says, we are now reaping the fruits of decades of uh, the language of violence in this country. What would your response be? Yes, sadly, I, I, I tend to agree with him, especially if one considers that the struggle against apartheid was mainly marked by civil disobedience and a total disregard for the rule of law. Uh, we unfortunately had a whole generation who grew up in this environment, and these are the ones that are now being unleashed on our streets, and they unfortunately seem to be leaderless as well. We need to, as a matter of urgency, I believe, embark on a, on a global campaign of re-education. Yeah. Uh, to teach civil and citizenry responsibilities, uh, something that had been lacking over the last 27 years. Fortunately, we are seeing glimpses of, of citizens taking responsibility for their communities now, with many communities around the country openly declaring that they will not engage in looting of the infrastructure. And then I think that in itself is a very positive uh, a, a positive. Uh, um, outcome of, of the current situation we're experiencing. Yeah. Now, Reverend Hermi, after the burning and the anger has subsided and people will be desperately looking for supplies that they need for their daily living, and sadly so, in many a place, this won't be accessible. In your understanding, what then? More unrest? Well, God forbid that we will see a return to civil unrest again um, if, and, and, and at a, a larger scale than what, what we're currently experiencing. What needs to happen, I believe, is that we need the government to gather the various stakeholders and the role players in society, in particular churches and NGOs, to mitigate the way forward. 
one example of, of the work of the churches and the NGOs is, is feeding schemes, obviously. And, uh, and I believe that, that these feeding schemes coming in the coming days and months and weeks will be imperative uh, to, be operate, to be operating function, uh, optimally. Uh, these are mainly, as you know, run by churches and NGOs, and the government, I believe, needs to be seen to actively engage with civil society in this. And all this would need to come to the party as well, obviously. Yeah. Sorry, Bernard. Obviously, with the feeding schemes, as you make mention of, so the church has got a big role to play there. There's, in this media statement, talk of lots of nothing to lose, a mindset that goes along with the deep-seated anger in the absence of hope, says this media statement. How do we address this? What would you say? And, and what are the causes? Well, the cause of, of, of the nothing-to-lose attitude is simply historic, in my opinion, with the government wanting to, to move away from the brutality, this government, this regime, wanting to move away, obviously, from the brutality of the incarceration from yesteryear. Uh, and this obviously means, uh, effectively, that punishment for crime in our country at present amounts to a mere slap on the wrist. The case in point is the fact that it is mandatory for every convicted offender uh, to be considered for parole after having served a third of their sentence. Uh, also, life in prison, save for a loss of your right to movement, is a lot better than, than for most. And therefore, we see there's nothing to lose attitude. There's more to gain for them, sadly, for the poor to land up in prison. There's more for them to gain in prison um, than the, the nothingness that, that, that they're experiencing at home. We see in this statement that the Bishop Malusim Pulwana makes mention of the food prices, the commodities, the supplies that are bound to go up. Uh, the SACC concern about uh, food security for the people of South Africa and especially for poor people in this country. Uh, what do we as a nation not understand about this fact of life that the more we destroy, the higher the prices go? Uh, what would you say to people listening right now? I think the challenge that we have in Vainant is that uh, this type of common reasoning that, that you're presenting sadly is devoid uh, when one is confronted with real hunger and lack, which is what um, a vast majority of our people are currently experiencing. And this must also be viewed in light of the fact that officially approximately 3 million people uh, go to bed without a, a meal a day, much less three spare meals. The common concern then that preoccupies the mind of the poor is, 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 is what are we going to do today? You know, and, and how are we going to uh, feed ourselves today? So if I can steal today, then that's fine. Tomorrow and the consequence of that, of that day and the days following is not their primary concern. Here again, I think it, it is imperative on the government and business to come to the party and, and, and to mitigate the situation as well. Um, obviously, unfortunately, we, we, we see uh, the malpractice in business as well with high hyperinflated prices of simple food commodities and, and, and commodities in general. And I think government needs to engage with business in that regard and just ensure that uh, foodstuffs are accessible and that they are, uh, and that they are within reason, uh, that they are priced within reason as well. Um, but unfortunately, the thinking of the effect of, 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 our, of our actions, the consequence of our actions, is not something that preoccupies the mind in, in the minds of the poor at this point in time. I'm speaking to Reverend Hermie Damans, a executive member of the Evangelical Alliance that's in partnership with the SACC, South African Council of Churches. Rev. Hermie, it's been referred to as a ticking time bomb, the astronomical high levels of youth unemployment, uh, uh, compounding that sense of hopelessness in, in South Africa. 
Is there an answer to this problem? And, and what would you say are the reasons behind this? Raynand, I think many young people have actually given up on finding jobs. Um, you know, the, the official number um, that is being thrown around at the moment of, of unemployment is about 16 million, which is a huge chunk of our, of our population. And many of these young people have actually given up on, on finding jobs. Uh, overall, there are many factors that contribute to this, one of which is our current education system that does not adequately prepare our young people for, for the job market. And also, sadly, the wholesale closure of technical colleges that would have empowered young people with needed uh, technical skills. I think the government, again, and, and I'm sorry to have to be uh, passing the buck onto government all the time, but I think government's Obsession with trying to force all of our young children, uh, all of our children through our already overburdened universities have greatly added to, to the uh, dilemma that we're facing at the moment. And I think government needs to rethink uh, the education system and they need, need to obviously rethink as well the, the skilling of our young people uh, beyond our FET colleges and going back to a model that worked previously, uh, which was our technical colleges. Um, and I think those are one of the key things that, that needs to that, that government needs to embark on is is the the overall education system and and how that prepares our young people for uh, for, for adult life and also obviously for the job market as yeah. well. What would you say to young people listening right now? Is there hope for the future? I think there, there, there is there is a hope. I think they need to learn. Young people need to learn to own their own destiny. I think that's one of the challenges that we're facing with is that our young people are looking to government uh, in the main to, to, to be providing a livelihood for them. And we see it with this great influx of people that responded to the 350 rand once of the government has offered them uh, uh, through social development. And, and I think that is, is indicative of the fact that our young people have learned to look to government and not to themselves. And I think one of the key things that our young people need to learn to do is to learn to own their, their own destiny and uh, become a little bit more entrepreneurial if they can, uh, to be able to to provide for themselves. Reverend Ermi, I want to move on. In this uh, media statement released by the Bishop Malusium Polwana, the General Secretary of the SACC, uh, they make mention of the toxicity of our politics that sloganize uh, very complex matters and offer no national embracing solutions. Uh, is there a way to address this, and and whose responsibility is this? Yeah, I think I think uh, many of our uh, political parties, unfortunately, jump onto the bandwagon these days of uh, current issues, and they they don't seem to have a global vision for for the betterment of South Africa. And I think that's one of our biggest challenges. In my opinion, the collective responsibility lies with all of our political uh, players. Uh, it has been said that South Africa is in need of a second Kadesa. I think the time is now for us to gather and to map the way forward for our country collectively. It's not the responsibility of the ANC or the DA or the EFF. It's our collective responsibility now to, to deal with this uh, culture of, of toxic politi- politics that we're experiencing. We see that things like the National Development Plan, for, for argument's sake, is still not be, uh, still not been implemented. Um, that plan should should, should have be, be, uh, come to fruition in 2030. We we're still sitting with that plan. None of the elements of that plan really having been uh, effectively implemented. So I believe that we need to urgently develop a national cohesive doctrine, if you will, uh, a new hymn sheet, if you will, that we can all sing, that we can collectively sing from.
the barriers, the barriers are unfortunately between us uh, the, and then the, the us and them situation that we're finding needs to be lifted. That barrier needs to be lifted. And we need to, I believe, as a matter of urgency, find each other now and work towards building a better South Africa for all of us. What are the chances of, of uh, the political parties coming together, making use of the very suggestions that you've just put on the table? What are the chances? I think, I think it can be done if, if the right people, and I think here we, we, we would look to the, the likes of the um, Bishop Malusin Pawanas of the, of the, in the country. Um, it is beholden, I think, um, on, on the church leaders at this point in time, of all of the, the church leaders, especially those that have the ear of government, uh, it is beholden on them to, 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 to speak to uh, all of the various role players and to urgently, I mean, that's what we did that brought about the transition in 1994, is the church leaders stepped up to the plate and gathered the various political role players and brought them to the negotiation table. I think we are there again. It's the responsibility that I would want to urge our church leaders to take a hold of, to get government and all of the political role players to, to the negotiation table again, uh, and to help them see uh, the way forward. Uh, I don't think that they will do it amongst themselves, but I do think that we, as the church leaders, that, that we have uh, the, the, the grace uh, to, to, to some degree yeah. to be able to, to bring them all to the table, to the negotiation table again uh, for, um, for the next uh, phase of, of our country moving forward. Speaking to executive member of uh, the Evangelical Alliance, Reverend Hermie Damans, on the recent uh, media release statement uh, released by the South African Council of Churches, an appeal for calm in the midst of violence, looting and chaos in South Africa. Now, Reverend Hermie, in the thick of uh, all this, we also in the eye of the storm, the third wave, COVID-19, that's uh, bound to take its uh, toll in this uh, environment. I mean, it's a known fact. We have lost uh, close on to 65,000 lives in this uh, pandemic. There's people, family, parents, relatives, daughters, sons. Uh, everybody is affected by it. Uh, political, traditional leaders, cultural leaders, religious leaders. Uh, now it's been said in this statement that COVID-19 management is now a matter of opinion of the loudest political voice in South Africa. What would your comments be to that statement? Vainan, sad, sadly, we, uh, that's true. Um, that seems to be the case, that uh, government responds to the loudest voices. Um, and the loudest voices at this point in time uh, appears to be certain sectors uh, within, within business. It's not business as a whole, but certain sectors um, seems to be the loudest voices at this point in time. And sadly, uh, the most silent voices is that of the church and, and the religious community in general, uh, where government has just wholly ignored the church. Uh, and, and, and the reality of it is that the church is the, 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 the one institution and the religious community is that one institution that can bring healing and hope in, in this broken society that we're finding ourselves in. And I think uh, it's beholden on government now to not listen to the loudest voice anymore, but to collectively listen to uh, the various stakeholders and role players and mitigate the way forward for all of us.
I think you echo the words of the uh, Bishop Malautzion Pulwana and echo it quite clearly. The church has got a huge role to play. Bishop Malauzi also said South Africa has to summit past this toxic dissonance upon which mayhem thrives and move to a post-COVID and post-looting dispensation where our national institutions are preserved in service with predictable and equal justice for all with food, shelter, and opportunity for all to advance from poverty to decent living. It sounds like a pipe dream. What can we do at grassroots level? What can we as Christians do to help and, and fulfill these words of Bishop Malachi Mpowana? Um, Vainan, uh, even though I, I wouldn't want to say that the onus is on the grassroots level to determine the economic way forward, I, I believe that it requires political will and leadership, which will take into account not only profitability, rands and cents, but the overall impact of the well-being of our people. We need to, for example, consider the pricing of goods and services. Um, you know, and we need to not, not just look at the basic foodstuffs and government subsidizing basic food items, while retailers are allowed to overcharge the consumer. Government has to step in and ensure that the pricing of uh, goods and services are justifiable and, and that are reasonable. But I think just in regards to what can we do as the church, I think we can now start to become church, meaning the hands and the feet and the voice of God in our communities, and not just looking towards our church services, but actively begin to look at uh, how can we actively be God's hand and feet to our community, to feed, to clothe, um, to cover the the, the the naked and to be a father to the fatherless for argument's sake. We now have to become practical church, I, I believe, more than anything else. You think the time for talk is over? It's now more get down and just do it? I believe so, with, without a shadow of a doubt, that, that that's what we need to do and that's uh, what we ought to be doing at this point in time. The General Secretary of the SACC ends this media statement by saying, we appeal to government to bring stability to our country while looking to establish a new plane of engagement to reduce the space for criminals to exploit any genuine life grievances of the population. You think that that's practically possible? Renan, I believe it is. Um, you know, and, and I would say that from my personal experience and exposure that we have a serious policing problem. Uh, which, which obviously adds to the challenges that we that we are encountering at the moment. Um, and so, question: How do we see this to play out practically? Um, but I think one of one of the things that we need to do is we need to fix up our policing and and some of our government infrastructure uh, in terms of systems. Uh, you know, one of our biggest challenges at the moment is crime intelligence. Um, and we see that that challenge playing out in that we didn't know where the hotspots were going to be and we didn't know where the flare-ups were going to be. Uh, but if we can fix these things, um, I really believe that, that we can mitigate the challenges that, that we are experiencing at the moment. Certainly a lot of work to be done, a lot of work at hand at the moment. With around about 400,000 people listening to us, your final thoughts on this, a message of hope. Uh, to all South Africans in these desperate times, many people fearful for their lives, not only for COVID-19, but for the looting, the mayhem, the chaos in South Africa. Your message to South Africans in general, in closing, Reverend Hermie Diamonds. 
Renand, I, I, I honestly believe with all my heart that we urgently need to find each other across the racial divide, across the denominational church divide, um, across even religious divide uh, uh, where, where that needs to be done. We need to find each other, and together we need to work towards finding a common solution for our common problems. Um, the problems in South Africa is not isolated. We are all affected by it. And we need to find uh, common solutions for these common problems. Uh, I also want to just uh, say as well to the president and his executive uh, that they have to leave the party problems uh, to the full-time party executives to attend to it. Uh, and they need to come to the fore now and resolve. Uh, he and his team has to come to the fore now and as a matter of urgency, commit their energies at managing our country. Um, and I think once they can do their job and we can find each other, I really believe in my heart that we can build a beautiful country for all of us. With that, uh, we've come to the end of this program. A big thank you to our respondent, the Reverend Homi Adamans, the executive member of the uh, Evangelical Alliance, a part and parcel of the South African Council of Churches. And I think it'd be apt to end this conversation with the SACC's media statement and the ending the statement with these words, we stand for the values of selfless love and peace with equitable justice that gives and preserves life especially for the poorest of our people. In the current situation, we call for the earnest prayers of all our South African citizens, its people buffeted by this situation. We are all South Africans together. We sink or swim together. Peace is the foundation of social and economic stability. For this, we commit to pray. Reverend Hermie Darmans, thank you so much for your input to this program this morning. God bless you, you and your family. Amen to, to that last statement, Vainant, and thank you once again for the opportunity to share with you and the listeners.